Welcome to the KVB Review Podcast. We're back, back, back for this first episode of Season 6. And in the next 10 weeks, we'll be running up to Christmas with top guests, big-name interviews, industry updates, fun stories, great case studies, in-depth analysis, loads of hints and tips to help you run your business better, and of course, me moaning how cold it is up here in my loft. I'm your host, Andy Davis, and I'm afraid you're stuck with me, but don't let that put you off as we've got a great season opener for you. We've got an exclusive interview with Anthony Sant. He's the Managing Director of AO Business. Now, over the last couple of years, many of you will have turned to AO with a furrowed, desperate, sweaty brow to try and fulfil those elusive appliance orders. However, AO had their eye on the independent kitchen retail market for more than just those very distressed purchasers. They want to be a major supplier and distributor. They want you to come to them as a first resort, not last. And it's not hard to see why. They have a hugely impressive logistical network, massive warehouses, the latest IT, and there's a huge chunk of the appliance market there that they just don't have. And of course, all the problems that many retailers have had means that their minds are more open to change than ever. But as you will hear from Anthony Sant, the USP is not the delivery part, it's that they will take the old appliances away. The retailer's legal responsibility for the removal and safe disposal of electrical waste will soon, he says, become an onerous burden for retailers and they will be looking for partners that will take care of it. That's all coming up, but first... This is the start of our brand new season, so I need your help to spread the word. If you enjoy this podcast, that's very nice of you, thanks very much. But I would very much appreciate you telling, you know, everyone else. If you've got people in your showroom that haven't heard it, then pass it on. And if you're the boss, then pull a menacing face and tell them to do it or else. The more listeners we get, the more we can do. It's as simple as that. And if you really want to be a friend of the pod, then leave us ratings and reviews wherever you're listening, or just drop me a line, I'm easily flattered. My email is in the episode description. Right, joining me down the line, as promised, we have Anthony Sant, the Managing Director of AO Business. Hello, Anthony, how are you? Hi, Andrew, good to hear you. It's very good to hear from you too, sir. Thank you for sparing us a little bit of time. So let's jump straight in and we'll start with some background, I think, because we all know AO. We all know, we all seen the big green lorries everywhere. But tell us about AO Business and how it fits into the overall organisation. That's quite an interesting question. Very simply, what we do is we allow businesses, our B2B customers, to utilise the abilities of AO retail. Sometimes people just think about the fact that AO is just this green smiley face that is on a website. And actually, AO is way more than that. We have a huge operation that sits behind that smiley face that makes sure that the washing machine that gets ordered today is delivered and recycled properly tomorrow. So we have one of the largest two-man delivery fleets in the country. You only have to look at our trust pilot rating to see the fact is that we've got hundreds of thousands of people that continually talk about how great our drivers are and, and the difference they've made to their lives on the day of delivery. What's really, I always sometimes think it's sad that we have thousands of people that work in the retail business and sadly on Trustpilot, all they ever seem to do is talk about the driver that's done the final mile journey. But that just shows why it's so important. Also, there is a big part of recycling so you think about it as a retailer we have a huge responsibility to make sure that consumers can dispose of their electrical items safely and securely and therefore we have and we've built the largest mda fridge recycling facility in the uk called bertha and we have a recycling business that makes sure that we look after all of these things so bring it to life i sometimes think that perfect example of this is that think about our large private uh, rental schemes so you've got large private rental schemes that have a requirement that regularly they will need appliances being replaced 
they have a refurbishment program and they'll need somebody to deliver some appliances. But it's not just about delivering the appliances on the time and the date that was promised. More importantly, those appliances first need to be uninstalled. So we arrive with new appliances, but we have a team of fitters that will uninstall the existing appliances. Then, of course, we install the new appliances. But most importantly, then, those old appliances, which are hazardous waste, because I think sometimes people often lose sight of the fact that old electrical appliances are hazardous. Fridges contain some really harmful um, uh, gases. In the old days, CFCs, there's cyclopentane, there's all sorts of problems, oils, refrigerants, things like that. All of these need to be dealt with responsibly. So these items then need to be consigned as hazardous waste. They need to be consigned using a, a logistics business as uh, is a hazardous waste carrier. And then it needs to be brought back through the network carefully and securely back to the recycling plant that then recycles them efficiently. This is really, really important. But of course, we then go the next step. So not only do we recycle the items, we've now built uh, the most phenomenal plastic recycling plant. Now, what does this really mean? What it means is we take all of the mixed plastics that come out of Bertha that's recycled all of the fridges and washing machines carefully and legally. And what we want to do is we set out a quest and a mindset that what we wanted to do was we wanted to basically turn that plastic back into new electrical items. We started this journey four years ago. I think it was four years ago. Anyway, it was a long time ago. And only recently now, we've got ourselves into a situation where we are now taking an old fridge from a consumer's home. It's coming back through our network through using our waste carriers license, has this condiment notes all the way through the network into Bertha being recycled from Bertha into the plastic plant being sorted back to single polymers to such high standard that we've now got parts of fridges for manufacturers like Beko, and we've got fan housings working with Ventaxia and Manros for extraction fans. So recycled plastics from a fridge and from washing machines are now going back into electrical items, which are then being used again. And because they're electrical items, guess what? Under the WEE regulations, waste electrical electronic items, they will have to come back through it again. So we've genuinely closed the loop on this whole journey of, of recycling, logistics and recycling. The important thing about this, Andrew, is that we're the same price as everybody else when it comes to selling somebody a box with an appliance in it, and you get all of that too. Yeah, look, it's a huge logistical operation both up and down the chain there, and that's certainly very impressive. Yeah. And it changes the idea of, I suppose, that it's just a box shifting exercise, doesn't it? Because you have got to have all the, the nuances of disposing of all this stuff. This is your B2B operation. You're in charge of that. Who is your customer? Who are the kind of people that you're dealing oh, with? Oh, I've mentioned sort of private land, landlords and independent landlords. Okay, that is a, you know, a major part of it. Maintenance companies, where they will basically go from work into a landlord to try and repair an item, they can't repair an item. The landlord doesn't want the, the flat or the rental property out of action. So they'll buy a new item. And again, what they're looking for is somebody that reliably delivers on time and comes when they said they're going to. We also deal with much larger organisations as well. We work with independent kitchen retailers, especially during the challenges that kitchen retailers had with supply of items. They came to us and we've supported them during the time of COVID and since then. We also work with, dare I say, larger shops and retailers. You know, it was only recently announced our, our, our work and our, our arrangement with Homebase. The reason why Homebase came to us was because genuinely they saw the value of working with an organisation with AO because 
again, they appreciate that actually selling appliances is not just having a product. It's about making sure not only that you've got the product available to sell, but more importantly, you deliver it when you say you're going to deliver it. And then also when you get involved with taking the, you know, the wheel away, the waste electricals items away, they're dealt with properly as well. We're on this journey, Andrew, and I think this is the, the whole point. Because my background is recycling, it has given me a, a huge advantage and also given our customers a, a huge opportunity because I can see the direction of travel and I can see the world and direction everybody's going. And I think that this whole premise of polluter pays, we're on that journey now and it's a really important journey and the environment and how we deal with things. And this is not aspirational. This is genuinely legislation that currently stands at this present moment that retailers have a responsibility or anybody that supplies electrical appliances has a responsibility to take the items away. The big challenge for businesses is that they not only have they the responsibility, but they also, it's quite legislative, they, are, they have a duty of care. So unlike a consumer, a business has a duty of care to dispose of its waste correctly. And it'll be the same business in your office. You can't just go and empty your waste paper bin outside, out of the window. You have a responsibility. So somewhere in your office, you will have to prove that your waste has basically been dealt with correctly. The challenge you've got with electrical items, as I've said, is hazardous. And because it's hazardous, it has to be consigned properly. And I think this is where I think sometimes this gets overlooked. And it's why our customers work with us. And that's why they appreciate working with AO. We're not just about supplying the appliances. It's the whole package. And I think that sometimes gets forgotten. Yeah, it's a proper circular economy Absolutely. model, isn't it? Yeah. Now, we actually met each other, Anthony, at the KBB show back in March. And what was the managing director of AO Business doing hanging around a show for independent kitchen retailers? You don't have to be too much for Sherlock Holmes to work that out, do you? So what are your plans for servicing the independent kitchen retail market? Because it's clearly on your radar. Yes. So genuinely, I want people to work with AO because they genuinely understand the benefit. If people just want to buy a box with a washing machine in it and don't really appreciate the benefits of everything else of working with AO, then there's actually not an awful lot to differentiate ourselves from anybody else. And we do have quite a lot of fair weather customers that we are always there, you know, when they've been let down by somebody else. And we did find this definitely during COVID times. And then we dealt with a huge amount of independent kitchen retailers because they had been let down on supply you know, they very much sell on, on manufacturer lead times. And then unfortunately, these got extended, these things changed. So what we see is that a huge opportunity within the kitchen retail space. But, and I think this is really important, it's not operating how it currently operates. If people want just someone to buy boxes from us, we're kind of not that much different from anybody else. When you start looking at bigger picture, and I think that sometimes we, we forget how large the sale of MDA is via the kitchen retail space, whether that be independent or through the multiples. You know, it's circa 25% of all of MDA is sold in this area. And that's certainly a space that AO didn't really play in other than those fairweather friend distressed purchases. And if I can step back, I'm going to rewind back to 2006, all those dim and distant times when I had a lot more hair the WE regulations came into force. And basically, this goes back to the polluter pays premises. Okay, so what happens is, in theory, if you produce, if you manufacture something with harmful, hazardous components in it, 
like a fridge, when it gets to the end of the life, the person that manufactured it, okay, the manufacturers, the producer, has to fund the collection and safe disposal of those items. Simple. So that was the, the aspiration of the, of the WEE regulations. It was to drive the disposal of WEE away from landfill, away from the environment, and basically make sure it was all dealt with properly. Back in 2002, retailer collections were around about 2% of the market, and it's grown steadily. Now, what's happened is we have still got a very challenging environment in the fact that you've got a market of sales of electrical items via retailers, like the likes of AO, Curry's, John Lewis, Argos, those types of customers, that are very much the distressed purchase. So pretty much people are buying something because it's broken or it's on its last legs. So invariably, when you come to deliver the new item, pretty much the old one's ready to take away. And they will either use the retailer to take it away or they might then take it down to the local household waste site. So those are the two main routes of where the waste electricals come back through the network to come back to recycling plants like ourselves. Now, what's happened is over the period of the WE regulations up until probably about last year, the growth of collections versus what's placed in the market. So government measures the volume of placed on the market versus the volume that's collected. And it's steadily grown over a period of time. And then pretty much has now started to stagnate at about 40%. Of all the weed that's placed on the market, about 40% is coming back through the networks, back through the approved authorised treatment facilities and being dealt with. And it's not got any better. And no matter what we seem to do, it's not really changed. And while we were part of Europe, it was very much the European expectation to achieve a 65% collection rate, and we haven't even come close. So what they then did was, and this was the same for a majority of the European uh, member states, they looked at how they could change it. Whereas it was the producer, i.e. the manufacturer's responsibility to fund the collection, treatment and safe disposal of we from the household waste site or the recycling centre, what they decided to do was they were going to extend the producer responsibility to the doorstep of the consumer's home. There's a very indelicate expression, which is wee leakage. <laughs> and genuinely, it is, a, it is a genuinely industry expression. And this is the wee, the waste electrical electronic equipment that is being lost. And they believe that by making retailers responsible to pick it up from the home, it will prevent this loss. The bit that they didn't really factor in and nobody's ever really considered, and this is the biggest industry kept secret, is, of course, is that how much MDA, how much electrical items, large domestic appliances, are sold in the kitchen space. And it became very apparent during COVID. During COVID, I used to talk to people at DEFRA, and as we all did, we went for our hour walk every day, because that's all we could do. And what was really interesting was, and we've all seen this, you'll see a skip outside someone's home, and sat by the skip are all the old electrical appliances. And the next day you come back, and the skip hasn't been emptied. The kitchens are all sticking in the skip, but all the electrical appliances are gone. And what's happened is these electrical appliances are being stolen out of the skips. Bigby did a survey where they basically talked to all their installers and over 25% of the installers told said that they leave them on the front garden and they're gone the next day. If we think about 25% of MDA, and I know you laughed, Andrew, but this, you know it happens. It happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
And, and do you know what? This is really important about it. These are really important people. These installers are, you know, they're the industry. It's not their responsibility to dispose of those items. They're a business. This is an expensive thing to deal with. You know what I mean? It's not an easy thing. So it's not their responsibility to dispose of those items. And to be honest, nor is it the householders. It's the retailer. It's the retailer's responsibility to dispose of those items. Really, really important. And of course, it's the producers to fund it. So the important thing about this is people started seeing this. So people in different, they talked to me about it and they knew that these hadn't been picked up. So this is going on. Okay, we can't hide the fact. So when you start thinking about this sort of thing, you realise that actually... The kitchen retail space is a hugely important space for government, DEFRA, the WE regulations to truly drive collections because this is an area that's being missed. The challenge that you've got is that it makes it sometimes incredibly difficult because there's a disparity between when you deliver the kitchen and the appliances and when they get the old kitchen gets taken out and the items get uninstalled. And this brings me back to basically how people can work with AO understanding the benefit of AO. The great thing about AO is we're in every postcode every day. And this is where it comes back to how can we help the kitchen retail sector. The first thing is we don't worry about manufacturer lead times. We only sell something that sits in our warehousing crew. So when you talk about delays and, and, and problems with supply chain and all the other bits and pieces, we don't have that problem because it sits in the warehousing crew. When the customer places the order, we hold the items and crew for when they're ready. The kitchen will get delivered. People can start uninstalling, you know, taking out the kitchen, old kitchen and uninstalling the items. And what we will then do is we'll, we'll wait for them to call us. And when they ring us and say, right, okay, we're ready to take delivery of our appliances, there's two questions we'll ask. Number one, are your old appliances ready to be taken away? And if the answer is yes, okay, we'll come tomorrow. And if the answer is no, we'll say, give us a call in a couple of days' time when you're ready. Because our important thing about this is that we need to collect those items. We can't leave them on the doorstep. We need to be responsible retailer and take those away. And what will happen is, is the people that appreciate the importance of that are working with AO currently. And I think that what will happen is, as the regulations start changing and the onus becomes, becomes more and more important for retailers to basically take control of this we and not allow it to be left on the doorstep, people will start appreciating the value that AO brings to a partnership. And once you understand the value of working with AO, then you're happy to work with us. So going back to the whole point in the start of the bidding, okay, what are your plans for the independent retail sector? What are our plans for the kitchen retail sector? We want to support, we want to help work with find sensible ways of allowing these retailers to leverage the AO capability. Okay, so let's take a couple of steps back. Let's just deal with the actual buying stuff from you bit of this equation, because as you say, it's a logistics enterprise. You've got things in boxes that are getting taken out of a warehouse and delivered to an address. Yeah. So jumping into an area there, which is is very competitive already in terms of distribution, you've got some big appliance distributors and Waterline or Swift or whoever it is. When you say there's no differential, there must be something in there that you're thinking, okay, it's about competitive price, it's about credit limits, it's about, you know, what is it? What's, what is the offer there? We are competitive on price, so there's no getting away from that. But do we do a, a slightly different journey to, than the other distributors? Yeah, Absolutely. So I think that this is where it's really important. It's valuing what AO does have, okay? And I think that, you know, there is no question about it. There is a space for 
distributors and take, for example, some of the distributors you just mentioned, they supply sinks and taps and they basically almost have added value there. That's not what AO does. We will work with people and we are working with people that want to have a relationship with an organisation that can deliver appliances when they need them and make sure that we look after all of the wheat and the recycling and all of the other bits and pieces properly. Right. It would still effectively work the same way. You'd have an account and those accounts would have limits and all that kind of thing. Absolutely. And and of course, depending on the size of the organisation, we create automatic feeds and it properly integrates within our business from a stock feed point of view and all of that sort of stuff. I mean, one of the biggest differences here, I guess, between our home base of somebody uh, and independent retailers is it's, it's clearly very fragmented. It makes up an enormous part of the market, as you say, but that's made up of thousands of tiny little bits. And your independent retailers tend to be more at the premium end of the market than the than the entry level end of the market. They have access to exclusive ranges and the most premium products. That's not necessarily AO's natural space. Is this a shift for you there? We're steadily moving in that direction. And I think that as we start working with different customers and they start to appreciate, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely baby steps, Andrew. There's no getting away from it. We have our core range of products that are very much suited to, I would say, the current customer base that we're working with. Yes, we do. We sell premium brands. Absolutely. And as there is a need for more of these ranges of premium brands, then of course, we will add that to the AO core range. I think the most important thing about it is that for us to have a successful relationship with the independent retailers within within the kitchen space, they've got to truly appreciate the value of what AO brings to the, the, the relationship. And that we're going to go on a journey. There's no getting away from it. The point about this at the moment is, do independent retailers truly understand the importance of taking away the old electrical items. I'm not sure whether that fits into their, their, their thinking at this present moment. We know that because of often we see appliances sitting by skips. And often, I think this is the point about it, Andrew, as well, I think that one of the challenges you have with legislation changes and the move to environmental safety changes and everything like that, sometimes it's not a cheap thing to do to basically do things environmentally soundly sometimes so come down and see bertha come and see the plastic plant you will see multi-million pounds worth of investment in recycling equipment and things like that it costs a lot of money to turn plastic back into a quality that allows you to put them back into a into a fridge or an extractor farm and i think that what will happen is, is that as the journey goes on and as as it becomes more and more important for independent retailers or all kitchen retailers to collect the electrical items at the point when they deliver the new electrical items, then they will value a partnership with someone like AO that can do that and send it back to our recycling plant, which of course we call Bertha. And then they will value the relationship more because what they will then do is that if they don't use us, they will have a cost elsewhere. It will be their responsibility to bring the electrical items back to their to their shop or their warehouse and then they're going to have to fully dispose as you say that's isn't necessarily at the forefront of the mind right now and i, I do appreciate you know what you're saying with that you, when it does become front of mind you want to turn to somebody who knows what they're doing yeah more importantly andrew economics does drive it you know there's no getting away from it but the point about this is that we are on a journey this is one of the, the big challenges about it you know extended producer responsibility is coming there's no getting away from it. It started with packaging. It will happen with electricals. And it will also, you know, it will happen in furniture as well. You know, there will be at some point 
that the producers will be responsible to fund the safe disposal and the collection of safe disposal of, of furniture. I've had furniture manufacturers come and visit Bertha and the recycling plants to understand what they might need to do in a few years' time as responsible retailers. So we are on a journey. It's going to take a, a few years. I don't, I don't suspect that extended producer responsibility is going to happen next year, but it will happen in the next few years. And I think that what will happen is what we will do as AO is we will basically share with people the knowledge. We'll show that we are here and we have this capability. And once people appreciate the importance of that capability, I'm sure they'll think about start working with us. And would you only collect if you've sold the new ones? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. In this space, absolutely. And I'll, I'll explain to you why, Andrew. The, the challenge you've got is if you think about the recycling plant, they're not cheap things to build. And there's a capa- you know there's capacity constraints. And the problem with a recycling plant is that once you've achieved capacity, you can't do any more overtime. And they take a long time to build as well. You, know, you, you can take two to three years to basically build additional capacity. So... The reason why we are working with partners now is because they can see what's on the horizon and they almost want to make sure that they've secured that capacity and that the whole supply chain recycling world within AO to which will mitigate the future. Do you see what I mean? It's a, it's a bit like life insurance, isn't it? If I knew that I was going to live to 100, okay, I'm sure my wife would be less worried about spending money on life insurance. But I can't guarantee I'm going to live to 100. I could drop down dead tomorrow. You know what I mean? So the reality is because of that and the risk of that, what we need to do is we need to mitigate it. The big challenge we have is that the larger the organization, the bigger the problem. Let's not kill ourselves. Why did AO get into recycling? A retailer becoming into recycling, I mean, it just doesn't exist. And the important thing about it is, is the amount of waste electricals that we collect is a huge headache. And it's really important that we control that. In the same way that we control our logistics business, we control that recycling business. This is really important for us. And when we've got such a quantity of products, the the challenge of we becomes less of a problem when you're an independent retailer, but it will be in the future. And I think that then they've just got to then find partners that they can work with. Well, I think partners is an interesting word, actually, because, you know, independence by their nature, they want uh, more than just transactional relationships with their suppliers. So will, will you have area managers out on the road? Is there a human face to this kind of interaction with retailers? Genuinely, we're at very early stages at the moment with independent retail market and kitchens. And that's what I'm saying. It's all baby steps, Andrew. So genuinely, we've got a lot of independent kitchen retailers on our books, but at the moment they come to us when they need us. And let's be really clear about it. We're happy to help in any way we can. And we do. We are going on a journey. There's no question about it. And as we go on a journey, and, and you know, this, Andrew, the, you know, these independent kitchen retailers are also dealing with the manufacturers. So at the moment, often people will come to us when they have been let down with a delivery and they can't get the products they wanted from the manufacturer. And at the moment, appliances are very much a transactional item. They are a necessary, I almost think about them as a necessary evil for a kitchen, you know, let's make no bones about it. A kitchen without appliances is just a collection of cabinets. You need the appliances, but actually it's not the main focus. The big thing about it is the colour and the design and all the other great stuff with it as well. So it is this necessary evil that people need stuff to cook their stuff food in uh, or on. So therefore, at the moment, it's a this necessity that they've got to do. But it's a transactional necessity, as in they can either buy it from AO, they can buy it directly from the manufacturer, or they can buy it from a, from a distributor. 
and it's going into their warehouse. Okay, so it is very much a transactional buy a box from AO or another person. Where we will see a change is when they have the responsibility to make sure that they don't leave the stuff on the doorstep, when they've got to go back and start picking it up. Once they've picked the items up, then they've got to worry about how they get it disposed of properly. And because they're a business, they'll have to pay for it. And they'll have to pay for hazard consignment notes. And then what will happen is they'll start understanding the true benefit and worth of working with AO. And then, of course, once they do that, and then they appreciate that actually we're pretty much the same price as everybody else, then they'll see the benefits of working with a company like ourselves. Well, plus, of course, you have those direct dealings with manufacturers, as many retailers do, yeah. particularly like the premium partner or whatever the, the variation of that is, and they need logistics, yeah, and they all need to take the stuff away. And therefore, I can see a, a point where even if you deal directly with the manufacturer, it's still arriving on the back of an AOVM. Who knows? And that could happen. And, the, and I think this is why it's really important. The kitchen retail market is a phenomenal opportunity. I think it's a, it's a, it's a phenomenal industry. And I think it's a, it's got a great dynamic about it. You know, it needs to be supported. And what I want to do and what we want to do, we want to come into a market and not, not necessarily disrupt. We want to come into a market and add value. We want to add benefit. That's something that AO has always done. 22 years ago, when John first started AO on that one pound bet, at that time, you know, you'd buy an appliance and you'd wait weeks for it. We brought in next day delivery. If you think about the journey that AO's gone on over the time and, and the sort of the added value that we've brought to the customer and the service and all the other bits and pieces, genuinely, that's the journey that we've gone on. And we've done it all and still been competitive on price. But why do people shop with AO? Because of the benefits that they get over and above a product and a price. Well, and of course, famously, John Roberts was a kitchen salesman. He was he was at Mobile, wasn't he? Yeah, that's where he started. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lots of the, or several of the original investors in AO were, you know, from the distribution side of this industry, weren't they? So it does all overlap, doesn't it? Do you mind if we just touch on a, a few other things here, Auntie, while I have you? Because one of the most obvious issues surrounding appliances at the moment in certain categories is that there aren't enough of them, right? Yeah. So AO, enormous buying power, massive warehouse and everything else. But you know, what issues have you had with availability and you know, how have you managed to mitigate that? Have you got all the ovens, Anthony? You're just not telling everyone. No, not at all. <laughs> oh, okay. I wish. So the truth of it is, like, the one thing that where AO has always won is because we've got items sitting in a warehouse. So we don't sell something that we ain't got. It goes back to when I was a, a whippersnapper salesperson. They were, I was once advised, never make a promise on somebody else's promise. And one of the challenges you have in life is that often, and, and this is where, unfortunately, kitchen retailers are, are affected more so. The first challenge that you guys have got is that often you sell on manufacturer lead time. Okay. So basically you're making a promise on somebody else's promise. The next thing about it is, is that everything has to match because you've sold a suite of products that need to match and therefore you're setting the set expectation. You know, in some cases, you've got six chances of it going wrong, and therefore it makes very life, you know, life very difficult. We at AO have a slightly different stance. We sell what's on the shelf. So, therefore, we're in a slightly different place to, you know, your readership or your listeners. People will come on our website, and if they want to buy something, so for instance, something that's broken and they want to replace something, if they're looking for a, an XYZ five burner gas hob, and they can't find it, they very well will probably buy something else that looks very similar 
and they will still get what they want and they'll get delivered on time. So supply chain or challenges in supply have been less of an issue. Don't get me wrong. There have been lots of manufacturers and there's been lots of products that if I'd have had thousands and thousands of more, more of them, I could have sold them more and more of them. So don't get me wrong. There are lots of brands and I'm not going to go into them. Okay. But we know that there are lots of things, lots of brands that basically have been a struggle. But of course, in the distressed market, if they can't get that, they'll get somebody at something else because people can't afford to have a broken oven. And this is where it's been really challenging. And I, you know, I think I, I felt for the kitchen retail market because it's been been hard because, of course, our manufacturer lead time, then some of the items aren't complete. So you might have three out of four or four out of five or whatever else it is. And it's been really, really difficult. So therefore, that is where we've become almost this backstop of, we only sell something that's sitting in a warehouse because I can guarantee you it's really easy to deliver something if it's sitting in crew. It's really hard to, if it's not there. Uh, and I know that sounds daft, but that's always been our premise. Only sell something that's sitting in a warehouse. And you know what? If the customer doesn't need it delivered straight away, guess what? We'll sit on it and leave it in the warehouse until they're ready for it. But AO clearly has enormous buying power. Huge. And therefore, I think there's a, a, a mindset, which may or may not be true, that that puts you up at the front of the queue for, for when these appliances are actually available compared to a lowly retailer who's buying one or, th- one or two or three of these things uh, every time. I'd be surprised. I, I don't know. You're asking me a question that genuinely I don't know. I can't basically, I, can't, you, <laughs> I can't really comment basically about someone's supply policy. All I always go so far to say is I don't think necessarily we'd do that. I don't think that is really how it would happen. I don't see this as big AO, mighty business, basically constraining the market and grabbing older loads of stuff. Far from it, actually. I don't think that happens at all. I think that in most cases, manufacturers are very fair and amicable and they, they try to basically look after all of their customers. I genuinely think, you know, let's make no bones about it. I genuinely think the manufacturers have, have had it tough. There is supply issues. They've had challenges, you know, whether that be silicon chips or Ukraine wars or things like that. There's lots of things that are going on in the world that have made things incredibly hard. And I think that this is added to the complexity of things. And I think it's going to just take, it's going to take a while to get things sorted. And this way it comes back to, it becomes really challenging to match things when you haven't got it sat in the warehouse, guaranteed delivery. Well, look, let's skip to the final question here. What's your view on the market going forward? I know that's a very broad question, but the one thing online does give you is endless stats about visitors, what they're searching for, how much they're spending, all that kind of stuff, which I'm sure you have a whole room full of people studying all the time. What's your view on sort of what's going to happen in the next you know, 12 to 18 months, do you, you know think? I think genuinely, I don't know. The challenges that we've got is, I think that they don't get me wrong, there's a huge amount of uncertainty, but that doesn't necessarily mean Although it's uncertain, it will be doom and gloom. The important thing about it is that if you are efficient and mindful of costs and do things in a sensible and right way, you will always have a business to run. And as long as we control the costs, as long as we keep doing the right things, okay, as long as we keep looking after the customers, we will have our market share and we will still keep supporting customers and we will always have a business. In difficult times, I think cream rises to the top even more so. And it's the businesses that are efficient and that being sensible that will do really, really well. So can I predict the future? No. Do I know what's going to happen over the next 12 to 18 months? No. What I do know is, as I always have, I will get up every morning and make sure that what we do 
is we continue to deliver the best possible service to our customers. We continue to do our best possible prices to our customers. We will be utterly relentless at doing that, and we will keep doing that. And I'm utterly convinced that well, I'm a 52 years old now. I've been doing that bloody for 30 odd years, and it's kept me in good stead. And I think that what will happen is then through difficult times, your customers keep supporting you, and then in the good times, they just support you more. And we will do that, and we will always do that, and we will always keep doing that. Thanks so much for your time, man. So AO is such a, an interesting business. As we say, it started off from such kind of humble beginnings, really, uh, and in a very straightforward model, but it's become something so much more than that, so much more than a straight buy box it arrives on the back of a lorry-type transaction. It's going to be absolutely fascinating to see what happens next. So thank you so much for your time. Pleasure, Andy. Welcome. Nice talking to you. Well, that was Anthony Sand, the Managing Director of AO Business, and there's so much in there to unpack, isn't there? He's clearly very passionate about recycling, and his argument's very compelling about the increasing responsibility of the retailer when it comes to waste. But the question he posed himself, is that enough to make specialist retailers use AO as the primary source of appliances? He certainly thinks it will be in the future. Hope you found that as interesting as I did. If you did, then let me know what you think. My email is in the episode description. Would you use AO? Are you worried about waste? Are you thinking this is all going to come down on you in terms of cost? Let me know. And don't forget to tell every single person in your business to listen to the KBB Review podcast. In fact, don't stop there. Tell everyone in the queue at Tesco, the entire carriage on the train, all your social media contacts, maybe get some t-shirts printed with my face on it. I don't know, Halloween's coming up. Point them all our way and we can make season six our biggest and best yet. See you next week. Thank you.